I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. I remember exactly where I was standing in early March of last year when an alert came through on my phone. It was some news outlet which had just sent one of those push notifications which read something along the lines of a shocking announcement from Jeopardy! host Alex Trebek. Again, this is March of last year. My instinct before clicking was to believe he was stepping down and maybe even announcing a replacement host. And then I clicked, and what I saw and heard felt like a punch to the gut. Just like 50,000 other people in the United States each year, this week I was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Now, normally the prognosis for this is not very encouraging, but I'm going to fight this. And I'm going to keep working, and with the love and support of my family and friends, and with the help of your prayers also, I plan to beat the low survival rate statistics for this disease. That was back in March of last year, and Alex gave us periodic updates as to his condition and the treatment. Through it all, he continued to film episodes of Jeopardy! Then this past weekend, the news came that the 37-year host of Jeopardy!, George Alexander Trebek had lost his battle with cancer and passed away at the age of 80. Mike Richards is the executive producer of Jeopardy! And at the open of yesterday's program, he shared the following words. I'm Mike Richards, the executive producer of Jeopardy! Over the weekend, we lost our beloved host, Alex Trebek. This is an enormous loss for our staff and crew, for his family and for his millions of fans. He loved this show and everything it stood for. In fact, he taped his final episodes less than two weeks ago. He will forever be an inspiration for his constant desire to learn, his kindness, and for his love of his family. We will air his final 35 episodes as they were shot. That's what he wanted. On behalf of everyone here at Jeopardy, thank you for everything, Alex. This is Jeopardy. My guest today is named Tim Coots from Washington Terrace right here in Utah. And in 2016, Tim stood face-to-face with Alex Trebek as a contestant on Jeopardy, winning a number of games. Tim, welcome to the program. I'm sorry we're speaking under these sad circumstances. How are you? All right. How about yourself? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, again, wish we were, wish we were speaking under uh, brighter circumstances, but uh, but here we are. And first, let me just congratulate you on being. I know we're a few years removed now, but congratulations on being a winning contestant on Jeopardy. In fact, I'm I'm intimidated even to share these airwaves with you. I know the screening process to make it onto the show is a rigorous one, and you not only made it, uh, you were victorious. So please uh, go easy on me. Uh, let me. <laughs> oh. You're fine. No worries. <laughs> let me let me first ask you how this news of the passing of of Alex uh, hit you when you first learned it. Well, um, I was kind of surprised actually, even though you know he's wasn't super young and the and the disease is pretty scary. I had I hadn't heard any updates on it in a while, and I thought he is 
he was doing well. Um, the last I had heard, he had turned a corner. And like the intro said there, you know, he was taping episodes up until just two weeks ago. So I really thought that he was he was hanging in there. So I was I was pretty surprised to see it. Yeah. And his optimism as well in those periodic uh, updates, which had fallen off uh, recently. But, you know, he was there uh, broadcasting the program each day and you looked for signs and this and that. And uh, but uh, but he looked strong and sounded strong. And, and the point you made there taping up until uh, less than two weeks before his passing. I, I, I presume I presume you were a fan of Alex and the show well before you appeared yourself as a contestant. W- what do you think drew you to his show? Well, I mean, I, I like you said, I, I was watching it as a kid from like as early as I can remember. I was watching that show with my mom um, every every day, and just trying to answer questions. And you know, he was he was an institution. I never saw it before. He was the host back in the in the seventies, so he's the only host of that show that I ever knew. And um, I don't know, he's just synonymous with it. I can't even imagine the show without him. Yeah. Uh, what do you remember about your first interaction with him? Well, um, I, w- I was kind of surprised. I didn't know what to expect the day that we uh, taped my first couple of episodes. He, um, I thought that maybe he'd come back into the, the green room where we were getting ready, maybe introduce himself, kind of set us at ease. But that's not the case. If, if you watch the show, the interaction that the audience gets with him is, is pretty close to what we get. Um, we don't get much more than that. I don't, we don't see him until uh, Johnny Gilbert announces, you know, here comes Alex Trebek. He comes around that corner, and that's the first time you see him. And you go right into the game, and then you get that little interview with him when they come back from the first commercial break. And that's kind of intimidating because you've had to come up with five interesting things about yourself that Alex might talk to you about. So you don't know which one of these, you know, pseudo interesting stories he's going to bring up and say and talk to you about. So, you know, you're already starstruck anyway, and you've got all that adrenaline pumping, and then he just comes over and talks to you. And then during the commercial break, he'll pose for a picture with you. So everybody gets a little picture with him behind the podium. Um, And then you don't really interact with him again until the show's over. When you see during the credits when all the contestants are standing in front of the podiums talking to him, that's it. And then just like that, he's gone backstage to change for the next show. And then, you know, everything turns around for the next taping to start in about 10, 15 minutes. Fascinating. Uh, we all we've all witnessed each night for years his diction and his excellence with the language. Also, his own seemingly endless knowledge. I know he's got it all on cards there, but uh, he just you know conveys the the you know, the impression that he knows that all in his mind, and the 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 cards are just you know incidentally there. You were you mentioned it was limited, but you were able to see him a, a bit when the cameras weren't rolling. Was he equally impressive behind the scenes? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine anybody being more of a pro. Um, you mentioned his his diction and his knowledge of the stuff. And, I, you know, he might not have been as good as, like, Ken Jennings or something. But um, from what the producers told us, he made it a point of pride to take the contestant test every year and um, pass oh. it every year. So he always wanted to know what he was talking about. And between um, commercial breaks, what he would do is if he happened to have flubbed a line, um, he would go back and re-record it. And then oh, so they could put wow. that in the audio over. But but I can tell you, you know, I, I take five games and I watched a bunch more while I was there. I think he maybe flubbed five out of, you know, 150, 160 questions I saw him do. He was just an absolute machine. And, and when I had taped, he was, you know, it was four years ago. So he was 76 and he was coming off a complete knee reconstruction. So he was had a pretty healthy limp and was just back and yet still didn't miss a beat. The guy was just sharp as a tack, and he would do Q&A sessions with the crowd between commercial breaks and um, just, yeah, just really personable, really warm, and just an absolute pro. Like, I can't say enough good about him. 
Outstanding. Uh, I have one final question for you. Our time has expired. Uh, you mentioned Ken Jennings. I-, I hope it's not obscene to ask this question, but looking towards the future of the program, is there anyone in, in your estimation with the qualifications and skill to adequately step in as the next host of Jeopardy? You know, I, I started thinking about that when he first announced that he was sick a year and a half ago, and I, it's got to be somebody that has that perfect balance of, you know, personality, but not too much. You don't want somebody to try to take over the show because the contestants and the questions are still the star of the show. So you need that kind of smooth knowledge and just enough of a personality to kind of steer the ship. But he, uh, I don't know. I mean, Jennings seems like a decent choice. The guy's got personality for days and yeah. he's genius. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's, it, I, don't, I wouldn't want to fill those shoes. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, Tim Cooch, thank you so much for your time. Again, we've been speaking with Tim Cooch, 2016 Jeopardy contestant, a winning contestant, mind you, uh, and a Utah as well. We together here speaking on the passing of Alex Trebek. Tim, thanks again for your time. Oh, anytime. Thanks, guys. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break now. When we return, we will be uh, joined by a member of the Utah Army National Guard with the declaration of a state of emergency by Governor Gary Herbert. The National Guard is upping its strength and its presence and the help that it is lending to the effort to combat COVID-19. We'll get the details on exactly what is happening next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.